Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm humbled today to be joined by Blake Johnson. Blake is the CEO of Outbound View. Blake's host of the Next Best Customer podcast, and he's a three-times startup founder. Blake, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love the show. Cheers, man. Really excited to have you on, um, and so is everyone tuning in. So there's a few things we'd love to learn from your good self today, Blake. We really want to know your top digital marketing strategies, um, and perhaps some offline ones too, that have helped you to scale Outbound View to where it is today. Um, we'd love to know a little bit more about how you've actually grown that business up over the years. Um, before we get to that, it'd be really interesting to know your story. So where you grew up, some of the key places that you've worked at up to now, and if you could share with us some of the lessons in perhaps sales and perhaps marketing and business that you learned along the way. Um, and yeah, give us a bit of value and give us a bit of knowledge into your expertise and journey so far, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do. See, I'm, I'm originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, live in Nashville now, uh, but spent, you know, we've only been in, in Nashville for a few years. So that's where, where I grew up and spent most of my time. And so, yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, it's weird. Most people say that they kind of like stumbled into sales. And that's not really the case for me. Like when I was in college, I kind of knew that I would be in sales. I was at a, uh, got a marketing major. And then shortly after college, I uh, started building e-commerce sites with a few buddies. And so I was doing that on the side while kind of focusing more on the enterprise sales was my, my full-time uh, full gig. But, you know, some of the stuff we did around e-commerce is really the only reason I was able to start Outbound View. Because, you know, when you get in and start an e-commerce company, you learn things like building landing pages. You learn things like SEO and paid and affiliates and just all of these different channels. Uh, and, you know, going through an e-commerce is kind of difficult, right? I mean, you're going all the way to get somebody to give you their credit card and purchase. And on the B2B side where, you know, I spent most of my like sales and enterprise sales career, you're just trying to get them to give you their contact information. So I always thought that was a little bit easier uh, than B2C. I mean, B2B is, you know, a little bit, a little bit more straightforward in my opinion. So um, while I was building the e-commerce sites, Worked for a company that, you know, for eight years in the human capital management space that got acquired by IBM. Okay. And I mean, that's where, you know, that's where I learned pretty much everything from a sales perspective, whether that's inside sales, outside sales. I mean, it just, I worked with some of the most incredible like mentors and sales leaders there uh, that, you know, took me basically a year out of college to the point where, you know, I was doing a, a more enterprise type sales. So what kind of stuff were you, were you dealing with in terms of what were you selling there, Blake? So uh, software, you know, recruiting software, talent management software, behavioral assessments, employee engagement okay. surveys, kind of everything on the how do you hire the best people? And then once you have them, you know, how, how do you retain them? Um, so, yeah, spent a ton of time there. Then 
that company got acquired by IBM and I shortly, I left shortly thereafter and I've been in and out of kind of startup world since then. Um, so started a company, went and ran a startup for a couple years before starting Outbound View, you know, three years ago and have been, been doing that since. Awesome, man. So yeah, the software company, you're eight years. I'm guessing there's a few lessons that you've learned in terms of sales, marketing and business. Perhaps you could tell us a bit more about coming straight out of college or a year out of college rather. Um, it sounds like there, there may have been a steep learning curve. There may have not. You may have already been a, a pretty hot seller. Uh, you may have already been pretty hot at business. But yeah, if you could share us a bit more insight into some of the things you learned whilst you were there, that'd be great. Well, I think I had the, no, I know I had the drive, but it was really, really raw. No, I mean, I had really good mentors from a sales leadership perspective. Okay. Uh, and so when I got in, I was doing inside sales. Um, so we were uh, doing inside sales. That, you know, we were calling a lot uh, and we were dealing with inbound leads, but we were also doing things like as an inside salesperson, we were running first level demos. You know, we were, I mean, it was just a full, you know, kind of throw you into a, a sales process type place. And uh, yeah, I learned a ton, especially from those sales leaders, you know, how they think about deals, how they prioritize their time, how they think about messaging. I mean, just all of those little things when you're in, in college or coming out of college, you just, you, you know, you just don't know the right way to do things. And you know, like I said, uh, I'm yet to work at a place that had as good of, leaders as as uh the that company the company was called connexa Got it. Um, so just a yeah incredible place to to learn interesting so running great demos is not something we talked about that much on the show are there any tips you could perhaps share with us blake on how to run successful demos because i guess we've all been there right where we've had um we've, we've booked a demo through a website whatever it may be the sales reps book the time in with us and then we've, we've yeah. started up. It's been an absolute snooze fest, 45 minutes running through a deck. You're really none the wiser of, of the USP of, of how they can help you, the pains they can solve for you. You've fallen asleep. They've asked you if you're going to buy and you've just woken up. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. Yeah. That, you know, most, especially early in your career, I know this was something that I was doing or less experienced reps what they want to do is just get through the demo, right? It's like, it's a check the box type thing, meaning right. they signed up for a demo. I'm going to show them this feature and that feature. Most of the time people are really interested in like one or two things, you know? Um, you know, I, I just went through a demo last week and I just, uh, you know, I, I hate on first meetings when people just dive straight into the demo, right? Like it just, it, it's a usually, a complete waste of time because I can look at the website. I kind of know what you guys do, but just tell me exactly how you're solving these four or five problems. I'll show you those pieces in the demo and then stop and be like, do you care to see the rest of it? Is this resonating? Am I solving your core problems that get you past 30 minute intro conversation to deciding if you're going to buy? And so that's where most people fall, right? Like they just, uh, you're typically like, 10 clicks at most away from just showing them what they want to see just stop there and then and then literally say do you want to keep going does this make sense how do i you know dive into this problem further versus me showing you the whole demo and every little module we have when like i don't care about it 
Uh, yeah, really, really good point. Um, yeah, I, I perfectly agree. A lot of demos, presentations, whatever they are, proposals go on for, for miles and miles. You, people end up talking about their company, how good they are. Then they get onto the issues. Then they go onto your goals. And then eventually they'll show you the solution. Does this fall down to good discovery calls, Blake, identifying what the initial kind of business problems or pains are and then customizing a, a presentation that hits those? I mean, for sure. You know, uh, I, I worked for a sales training company and they had something at the beginning of every kickoff, every call that you have called like the purpose benefit check. And it's basically you telling the prospect back to them, here's the purpose of why we're talking today. Here's the benefit to you. Like, here's what you should get out of this. And then confirming, checking with them, is that what you want to cover? If everybody just did that to start a meeting, you know, it would save a ton of time because a lot of times what you think is the benefit or uh, the purpose of the call may not be the purpose of the call for the prospect. So there's just little things like that, that, you know, the longer you do sales, you just start to really realize quickly, like, yeah, you need to ask good questions. Um, of course that helps, but you just, it becomes like something that you just kind of know too, you know, as people are reaching out because they've been at this company this long or they're in this industry or they put this in their inquiry like this is probably the problem you just need to confirm with them that that's that's what the actual problem is cool so it sounds like setting a kind of upfront contract just saying look it's, it's going to take this long to run through the demo today these are the goals that we went through last time um this is the time frame we discussed is this still all the case or not as yeah. it may be and then you're making best use of your time as the salesperson or the business owner and at the same time, the prospective customer's time. For sure. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Cool, man. Okay. Well, that's, that's a nice, nice little piece on, uh, on demos and, and presentations. I like that. Cool. Okay. And I think the other thing you mentioned was something about timing and messaging um, and stuff like that is, is something you picked up. Yeah. Something you learned. Share a bit well, more about there's... that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's like uh, everybody should be reading books on copywriting. I mean, we, we spend so much time at Outbound View on messaging because it just, <laughs> you know, there's so much noise that it has to be really, really good these days to get a response on a cold message. But the same thing goes with messaging that you're sending to prospects that are active in the pipeline. Um and the words that you use, you know, whether you're using brevity, how you're communicating with that person, the back and forth, like they're just every time they see communication from you, they're ranking you in some way against the competitors. Um, and so, you know, you just have to be very thoughtful and you have to think through uh, exactly the way that the way that you're communicating back with each individual prospect. And so, um, you know, well, it's something that's ever evolving uh, at, at Outbound View and with me. I mean, I like, you know, last week was uh, off of, for vacation, was taking the afternoons off, was at the beach with kiddos. And I was, was reading good. a book on copy, reading a book on copywriting, right? Like, I know copywriting to some extent, but like, it's something that's just always, always changing. And, you know, messaging resonates not only in business, but across personal, everything that you do, nothing matters more than how you communicate. Yeah. And people don't spend that much time trying to get better at it. You know, it's, it's interesting. You should raise that. Actually, I'm 
I'm halfway through reading two books. I'm reading The Challenge Yourself, because believe it or not, I've read, never read that book. Um, I'm listening to a yeah. whole bunch of podcasts, because I always do. Um, and I'm also reading one called The Copywriter's Handbook, I believe it's called. Um, so, yeah, the funny, funny story I was going to get to is that the other day, I've spoken to a whole bunch of guys and girls on this podcast about how important that sales reps or business owners create their own content um, and basically market themselves. Um, I, was, I was having a little LinkedIn debate with someone the other day, uh, basically saying that as well as marketing, providing salespeople with inbound leads, they should be generating their own. Um, and to be able to do that, they need to learn skills that traditionally salespeople didn't have. Um, so in this case, copywriting, um, which is going to be really important for cold email if you're an SDR or you want to generate opportunities. It's important for LinkedIn to create engaging posts. And this, this guy basically had an argument that he's like, no, Sam, salespeople shouldn't waste their time on creating content. Marketing should provide the leads and they should be called outreach. So I was like, well, surely if you're getting inbound leads from marketing and you're generating your own inbound opportunities, you're going to be beating quota rather than just sticking at the average mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all perspective and where you're at, right? Like if you are so flooded with inbound leads that you can't do a yeah. good job on the yeah. sales <laughs> side, then yes, but that is yeah. like 1% of 1% That's the dream. That, has the, you know, <laughs> that has that problem. Yeah. I, so I was having the same conversation with someone recently and it was talking about the profile of hiring an inside salesperson, right? So, you know, think, I don't know, 10 years ago when inside sales was still a fairly newish role. I mean, it was still a role, but it wasn't as defined as it is now. You would look at a lot of the sales type attributes. You know, you look purely at drive. You would have people coming out of a, a pretty common background, four-year degree, all these types of things. Like when I think inside salespeople now, the number one thing that they need to be able to do is communicate. So you think like, what's the mix of, you know, uh, English, right? Or communication or like things like theater, like all of these other things that you wouldn't think of being a core salesperson, especially in inside sales, you know, of course they have to have the drive and they have to be engaged to do that. But a lot of that's the company's responsibility. Their innate talents around understanding people, psychology, those types of things, like you're living in a, a, a messaging world as an inside salesperson, whether it's your cold call pitch, your custom email, your sequence, whatever you're doing, like that's the most important attribute right now. Um, and so it's, it's very different now than 10 years ago. And we'll, you know, what you would look for is, is, is very different. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think, um, yeah, being versatile to a certain extent, and understanding there are so many, especially in B2B, business to business selling, there's so many channels that you can now connect with your buyers. Um, so LinkedIn being one of the key ones, as well as many others. So if you are able to create compelling content that's going to attract your ideal buyer and drive inbound opportunities, it's only going to be an asset to yourself as well as your business. Um, so yeah, yeah, makes sense. For cool, sure. man. Got it. Okay. So moving forwards, um, was, was Outbound be the next venture? Did you say you worked at a couple other startups well, before that? Yep, uh, I did work at a couple other, uh, couple other startups um, before that, but they're kind of a similar story. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll refer to Outbound View a little bit sure. more. So I decided to start Outbound View because I was consistently getting asked by people in my network to help around kind of inside sales and lead generation because they knew I knew it. Um, and it it started purely with just a you know, former executive that I knew saying like, come on and work part-time with me. 
this will help you start your business. You know, I'll take up 20 hours and then you figure out what to do with it. And so it, it started and I started purely in kind of sales consulting. And then shortly after there went into more kind of a core lead gen and inside sales consulting. And so, you know, we started with consulting specifically, and it was mostly just my network for the first year or so. Um, after that, we made a very, very specific effort to invest in inbound marketing, content marketing, and SEO. Okay. Um, because we were moving from purely inside sales consulting to more outsourced sales development because it was scalable and it was things that like I didn't have to do. Like there's only so much consulting you can do and you need to be in the weeds. And so um, we got our first couple clients, but we invested heavily in writing content in building links for the site to kind of have it slowly rank going after just really easy terms because we didn't have domain rank early on. And uh, most of what we did was link building strategy. I mean, we were putting good content out there, but uh, we implemented a link building strategy where we were trying to get like five good links a month, you know? Got it. Um, and we just kind of, so, so that took off to today where, you know, pretty much everything we, we get from an inbound perspective is either from uh, uh, SEO, right? Ranking for, all these different terms around outsourced inside sales or inside sales consulting, um, you know, that's 75% of, uh, you know, how we get leads. Like last month we got 40 inbound leads. Um, you know, so uh, we, well, I thought that it would be way too much of a grind to go outbound for outsourced inside sales. Um, and I, I still stand by that. I think some of the bigger, as you get bigger, and you have people and resources on staff, it's one thing there to just start, you know, calling VPs of sales and asking if they're outsourcing inside sales. You will, you'll book meetings doing that, but it, uh, the benefit that we were gonna have of growing our website and getting inbound, because then that could get us into other things, which is where we're at now. Uh, you know, we do outsource sales development, we'd still do inside sales consulting, but now, you know, we've launched services around, you know, contact data, like building lists for people, nice. uh, doing all these other things. And now our website's in a spot where, you know, we can go get keywords that we never would have got a year or two ago. So inbound marketing was our biggest focus. You know, Just before partners. we move on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. so 40 leads a month is, I'd say, pretty solid for a, for a small B2B company. I'd say that's very, very good. Sure. Um, so for those listening in that are thinking SEO is a myth or I got burnt once by an SEO guy that charged me a thousand dollars a month, ran off with my money. Six months later, I was none the wiser. I'm having to ship all my money in paid ads or all my sales reps are cold calling. SEO is like the beast. Um, why yeah. should, why should companies invest in SEO in your opinion, Blake? Well, it's, it, it is absurd not to, at some point, you know, like if, you know, uh, it is the basis of what you're telling that your business does, right? Now, you can't afford to spend $10,000 a month initially, but you can afford to get some type of audit, you know, SEO audit, here are the keywords I should be going after, here's what I should be doing for the next six months, and then create all the content yourself and, you know, try and build links and do all these other things if you have the time and capability to do it. But 
you know, we talk with tons of these inbound leads that we get that they think outbound is going to solve every little problem they have. And there are very few companies where that's the case. You need a very big addressable market to exclusively be able to build your business off of outbound. Um, so, you know, it's like, yeah, you could punt it and do it six months down the road, but every day you're not doing it, you're, you're, you know, hurting yourself a year from now. Um, so if you plan on being in business for a while, it's a, it's like having a website. It's a, you, you have to do it at some point. Um, and you can take it to, you know, spending a couple thousand dollars a month or spending, you know, a couple hundred thousand a month. It just depends how nuts you want to go. Completely agree, man. Awesome. Okay. So that's SEO. Um, so what other forms of marketing are you guys doing? I think you were going to mention some, another inbound channel then just before I interrupted. We're getting into partnership marketing. We're doing a lot more of that. Um, and we'll be doing a lot more of that moving forward. Um, so the concept behind partnership marketing is, you know, for example, we sell something called uh, buyer intent data. Someone like you, you know, you may have a list of 10,000 people that are subscribers to your business and they should probably be using buyer intent data. You know, they should at least be testing or doing free trials to see if it works. Well, like Outbound View approaches Sam and says, hey, let's do uh, some, you know, uh, a post or build some knowledge around why your subscribers should care about this you promote it to your list, you typically get some type of kickback there, your list learns about buyer intent data and we take them down a sales page. So um, okay. it's, it's a knowledge sharing uh, basically between partners that have similar buyer personas. Um, so we're doing that, we'll be doing a lot more of that. We'll be getting a lot more into paid as well. Um, we've done a little bit of paid, we do retargeting, Yep. Um, just base baseline paid right now. I mean, we just, we don't, we don't invest a lot in it because we have enough inbound leads for the size we want our outsourced sales development business to be. Um, but as we get into data, buyer intent and uh, some different offerings, the addressable market's just huge. And so we'll, we'll for sure be diving into paid advertising further. Awesome. So it's, it's refreshing to hear that you guys have pretty much taken on a, a multi-channel approach. So utilizing a few different channels to gain leads and not just relying on one to, to bring it all in, which is always, always good to hear from a business. Um, yeah. Are there any other channels, be them digital, be them offline, that have been successful, be it LinkedIn, be it cold outreach, or are those, are those the main ones, Blake, that have helped you guys? We, I mean, our team's active on LinkedIn. We, we get opportunities on, on LinkedIn. Um, I wouldn't say it's a huge driver of leads for us. But, uh, you know, it depends. We've, you know, we can associate a good chunk of revenue to LinkedIn. Um, and it's something, especially on the partner side, you know, that, that we use, we use a lot. Um, sure. So LinkedIn's very much a part of what we do uh, and will continue to do moving forward. Excellent. Okay. All right, Blake. So anyone that's listening or watching in right now, that's thinking of taking that leap and starting their own company or business or anyone that just has, have you got any gold nuggets, any little tips or pieces of advice that may help them along the way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I mean, when I first started outbound view, I was underpricing our services significantly. 
you know, and so that's something that you just learn after you're six months into a couple contracts and you're like, what am I doing? You know, this is, this is too yeah, difficult for, <laughs> yeah. The, so, I mean, pricing uh, is always a big one. It's so easy to, you know, go get a logo on Fiverr. You know, a lot of people go kind of nuts on the things that don't matter, like how awesome their website is and all of these things that once you figured out that you have a business, it's probably going to change from day one to a year, a year and a half in, like your offerings are going to change. So make your website respectable, like it needs to be good enough, but people go crazy on spending thousands of dollars on logos and thousands on graphic design and just going nuts on super expensive websites. And they don't even really have a business yet, you know? So, um, you know, the easiest way to get into starting your own business is start to doing contracting, consulting, those types of things inside of your network. And then, you know, typically those things will just start to start to expand and grow as you start to see all the different problems once you're in the weeds, you know? Yeah, it's it's like you're reading in my mind, actually, Blake, talking about branding, talking about websites, as uh, obviously that's what we do at WebChoice. Now, it's, it's refreshing to hear um, often when people come to me, especially, and they say, look, we've got this massive budget for a website. I say, well, that's all good and well. And yes, we can give you a website that's going to attract your idle customers, build trust, convert leads, whatever their goals and objectives may be. But more importantly, what are you pumping into marketing? Because if, if you've got this whole singing or dancing website, you're going to want a, a solid strategy that actually drives people to it. Otherwise, you're investing all this money and no one's ever going to see it. I know. Yeah, you're, you probably play a similar role that I play where inbound leads, you turn into like their fractional CMO, right? You're like, well, if I had $100,000 in budget, I'd set 20 aside for the website. And I'd put the rest into SEO and lead gen and other things, contact lists, you know, whatever. Um, because a year from now, you'll be in a much different spot and you'll probably have to redo your website anyway, you know, or probably have to significantly make changes. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, how you're allocating those early dollars that you have around marketing is just, it's tough. I mean, we've wasted so much money, you know, on different paid tests and building landing pages and offerings and stuff. So it just, it happens to everybody, but, um, you know, being able to realize where you should allocate those dollars is pretty challenging. Definitely. Agreed. And is there any habits that you follow, Blake? Have you got any daily habits that you think have helped in your success or that you recommend that anyone follows? I mean, I, I'm an early riser. I have three young, three young kids. And so uh, I, I'm up anyway. So, I mean, I typically like to get a good hour and a half or two before meetings start. Um, it really helps just for me to work on kind of critical, critical projects. And then there's at least one or two days a week where I block off, you know, a full afternoon or a full morning, um, really just to catch up on, like, it's so easy in the business that we do to just get up in client deliverables and list building and all of these things that have to be done. Um, you don't have time to take a step back and work on, you know, where's this thing going six months from now. And so I just do my best to, to block time. And sometimes it fails and doesn't work. Same but, here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I at least try, you know, that's it. That's it. I just need to work on my early rising. We've just had a, uh, a little baby boy, our first. So each morning I'm, I'm set my alarm. I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to do a home workout. 
And then I've done right. two or three feeds throughout the night. I'm so tired. I can barely open my eyes. It's like get to my <laughs> desk at 9 a.m., go through emails, start making calls. And I'm like, oh, I should have done that workout. <laughs> yeah, that, this may, you know, you may not be at the time where, uh, you know, it, it, you're going to be able to do a whole lot early in the morning. You're just going to try and make it through the day because <laughs> you need sleep so bad. Right. I, uh, right. I, I, re- I remember those days. Yeah, it's good been fun. a while. All good fun. Cool, man. So is there one thing? That everyone tuning in today, Blake, should be doing with digital marketing that is going to benefit their business? Um, I'm going to go two. Do you, yeah. you're, you're, uh, one is inbound strategy, because we've talked about that. Like it's fundamental SEO, like that is a piece. Uh, the second is data. It's, it's such a big miss, miss by most people. They just subscribe to the crappy, you know, crappiest little database, or maybe it's the most expensive B2B database. And everybody hires to solve data and process issues. Whereas if they just really had great data, really had great process, they wouldn't need to hire as many people. Um, And so data and process all day. uh, And then as leads come in, then you hire. Um, people, most people have that backwards. They, they, they hire to solve inefficiencies and it ends up costing them when the economy goes down, those types of things happen. Um, so yeah, those are, those are two, two big ones for me. Two good ones, two great ones, man. All right, Blake. So to wrap things up, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Yeah, so at that company that I uh, that I went to, or that I started out shortly after college, there was a, a guy, his name was Zach Kennedy. Um, he's been a sales mentor of, of mine since, you know, for the seven years that I was there and ongoing, just uh, can't thank him enough for kind of the molding and mentoring and just everything he did along the way to, to just be an incredible coach. Um, so yeah, there's there's uh, Zach and a few other people at uh, that same organization that that you know absolutely made a huge difference. Awesome, dude. So you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Um, Blake, tell us a bit more about your business, how people can connect with you, and get in touch. Yep. So it's outboundview.com. You know, our core offerings are outsourced sales development, you know, outsourced appointment setting. um, And then we do inside sales consulting and we're growing heavily into the B2B data world. So data cleansing, building lists, all of those types of things. And so we're, we're trying to uh, implement those systems globally. So yeah, if you have any questions, you can find me outboundview.com or on LinkedIn, Blake Johnston, uh, owner of Outboundview. Cheers, Blake. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Yeah, thank you so much. Had a great time. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.
Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.